Hey everyone, my name is Adrian. And I'm Josh. And if you're listening to this, you're listening to a very Christmas episode of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids Podcast. La 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 la. Let's let's let it play. Oh, I just look at least till we get to the hook. Oh, that do 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 do. Oh, that Matrix guitar, dude. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. That's that's possibly the worst rendition of "Mary Did You Know" that was ever done. Truly, Matrix guitar. I didn't notice that. It's like, uh, I'm going to tell them what you don't want them Static to do. Static X. All the bands from that era. Yeah, that was Mary. So, Mary, did you know? So, you want to? First of all, welcome to the holiday, our first holiday podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mary, did you know is something that Adrian, who mainly posts on our Instagram, just started running into these <laughs> amazing <laughs> Mary, did you know memes for yeah. like a couple of days in a row? I well, I think the thing is, I I have a just an un. Uh, Un, it's based on nothing. I really hate that song. I hate that song so much. Maybe it's because it takes itself too seriously or something. Mm-hmm. And I just found like a meme, and for whatever reason, everybody loved it. And so now I've made it my mission between now and Christmas, which we're recording before Christmas, but releasing it on Christmas. Yeah. So I'm making it my personal mission to find as many Mary Did You Know moments uh, as possible. So I was talking to you about this. And Mary Did You Know was one of the first songs I ever sang on a stage back in the day when I was super tiny. That and Happy Birthday Jesus, right? Wow. So I sang it at a, at a, at a church down in Miami-Dade, and they said I did so well that I should come up to their sister church in Broward County and sing it. So <laughs> at the age of seven, I was a traveling You're a touring m- Mary musician, did you know, dude. It was Mary great. Did You Know musician. Um, so, and then my mom <laughs> loves that song and then requested of me every Christmas to play for her. Really? Like, like to play on piano any or to way, sing it? Any way she can get it. Because mm. I used to sing it all the time during Christmas services at church and stuff. And like she would cut this tears, instant tears. She loved it, which everyone can love what everyone they love. Everyone can love what they love. I just don't like that song either. To me, I feel like you can't sing that song unless you have a blousy white shirt that's unbuttoned down like to the midriff. Just because it's just like, and there's a little bit of wind yeah. and your hair is supposed to be kind of quaffed. Yes. That's what I picture in my head. And the the, the awesome kid who opened up the podcast for us, he was like 12. He was outstanding. Yeah. He definitely had a blousey shirt. It's a music <laughs> video. If you just search uh, Mary Did You Know Techno, yeah. it's the first one. It's a white, it's a white yep. little kid singing it. I was kind of like, what would be a lot of fun to hear a rendition of? And so I searched Mary Did You Know Techno. It was horrible. But... Yeah, man. That so, out of the way. That out of the way. It's it's Christmas time. Yes. It's actually kind of cold, cool down here, uh-huh. South Florida, Yeah, for maybe a day or two, so we enjoy it while we can. I'm wearing a beanie right now, am I? Yeah, I'm still yeah, wearing it. Yeah, you're wearing it. It's on your head. I'm cold. So what's like, do you have a Christmas movie, a favorite Christmas movie? So Home Alone 1 and 2 for the cheese pizza. Home Alone 2, more so on the prank side. That mm. scene where I can't remember Harry when Harry's laying on the sidewalk and his brick after brick is hitting him in the <laughs> face. Oh, it's so good. And when he holds the electrocuted um, sink and he turns into a skeleton, my sister and I rewound that a couple times. That was great. So I got my kids to sit through the Santa Claus, sit through the first couple minutes up until um, he puts on the suit and um, the sleigh appears on the roof. Yeah. Um, they like that a lot. My son was very worried about Charlie. The son always asked about him. Oh. And then we watched the Santa Claus two. I, I don't think I've seen it the was second okay. or the third. The third is with Jack Frost. Oh, Not I good. heard it's bad. Okay. Um, but two was pretty good. 
Um, yeah, what are your movies? What are your Christmas go-tos? So I have a movie that is special to me. I can't say that it necessarily holds up, but because it was so good to me all throughout my childhood, mm-hmm. I got to stick to it. It's Jingle All the Way. Put that cookie down. Yeah. No. I, I don't know why I like it. I can't say it's a good movie. If I watch it today, I can't be like, oh, I still love it. Yeah. But there's a special place in my heart for that that goddamn Turbo Man doll. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm also with you. I'm a Home Alone, Home Alone so 1, good. Home Alone 2 guy. Um, what's interesting is that my wife is not really... She's not anti-Christmas movie, mm-hmm. but she's kind of like, if I have like a, a few hours or like an hour or two after the kids have gone down, like I'm exhausted. I want to watch something new, maybe that I haven't seen before. Yeah. So like, I haven't watched a single Christmas movie this whole month. Well, we can and stop now and watch one. I think, <laughs> do you mind if we just, can we just stop this real quick? Okay, great. We can just, just record play. us watching it. It's just the audio <laughs> of the movie. You know, and just us eating pizza and popcorn. I, th- I would, yeah. I think people would I'll be watch that. along. Kind of like an ASMR. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, that's great. He's eating ice cream. <laughs> Puke. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, with kids, it's more difficult to do that, definitely. Because I, now I have to like watch Christmas movies that they would also like. Yes. Like we, I tried to watch Home Alone with my daughter, and I completely forgot about the scene in the furnace in the basement. And the it's like pretty terrifying. <laughs> it is, yeah. And she looks at me and goes, "Can we watch Hundred One Dalmatians? This is too scary." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. that's what, uh, that's unfortunate. Do you guys? So your kids are two years, two and four years yeah. older than my kids. Yeah. Uh, so what are like some traditions that you guys have and has this been something that you've been that has changed over the years mm-hmm. or do you kind of like we do this every year so like yeah steph and i my wife and i try to get our tree um like the day after thanksgiving but my son is super into decorations so we got it way earlier okay. right so i think you told me about this oh he was, man he was like he really was, he was imagine. way too into it um but yeah like our our um tradition would be like putting the lights up together or them helping me decorate outside. Nothing really like concrete. When, when, before I was married, like our tradition with my family was we'd go up North. Um, like the furthest North we went is Vermont Damn. or Tennessee or uh, the Carolinas. And my, we'd get a cabin where my friends would have someone who had a cabin, my parents, and uh, we'd go snowboarding or skiing. And that was always fun. And that's like, my dad's like, we got to keep on that tradition. I'm like, dude, how? Yeah. Um, that sounds so good though. Yeah. So that's, that's the hope in the future when our kids are old enough or, um, my parents can watch the kids for a bit or something. But yeah, that's like the quintessential yeah. hall- hallmark movie. Yeah. Like, oh man, that's, well, that's what, that's what, that's what the carols, Christmas carols sing about, right? It's like the snow is falling, the, you know, oh, the yeah. weather outside is frightful. Yes. That's like kind of like as close. It's tough to hear that when you're like in Florida and you're mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's rainy. Weather outside say it's fr- is rainy. hot as fuck. <laughs> Like I'm sweating. A, yeah, we, we should release a whole Christmas album yeah. just from South Florida. Yeah. Anyway, um, and you're you you're Cuban. Yeah. Are you guys uh, like a look noche? <laughs> no, he's no, like a white, white. Are you guys like a noche? noche buena? Buena, yeah. Do you open presents at night? We open one. So my grandpa, uh, that was my grandpa's that tradition. Okay, yeah. Okay. So it was always like at his house in Hialeah. He passed a couple years ago, but we've kept it going along in some form or fashion. Yeah. So we just like do one present, and it's just a bunch of Cuban food. Like do this you guys year, a Christmas mass. Uh, no, okay. but I am being uh, dragged or it'd be great if the family could go to Christmas Eve service together. Awkward that, silence. That Look guilted <laughs> into going to another service. Oh, fun. So I'm going in hopes I take something out of it. Sure. I just, I, I just, it's just so hard. Yeah. My family. So we, we would get 
we, my, my mom, we, we celebrate on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. We're Filipino, and Christmas Eve is almost more special than Christmas Day yeah. for us, is that we would spend all day cooking. Then we would get dressed up fly as hell. Mm-hmm. We would go to church and then come back, and then we would eat dinner real How late, late is that, dude? We, would eat, we wouldn't eat dinner till like, maybe 8 o'clock. Okay. And then um, between, like, 9 o'clock... And midnight, we would like watch a movie mm-hmm. and just like hang out. And then my family at their old house used to have like a fireplace. And so then we would literally just like sit around the fireplace and like drink coffee and eggnog until midnight. And then we would lay out all the presents out and then just go in a circle and open all the presents. And so we would literally just hang out after we opened presents at midnight till like three or four in the morning. That's that's more Cuban than me. <laughs> Yeah. That is very more Cuban than And so me. then we would sleep in until like one. Yeah. And then we'd just get up and just eat leftovers and lounge. Was it the all same day. way when you lived in the Philippines? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty much because okay. I moved to the Philippines when I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, that tradition was locked in. Okay. So, so yeah, sorry. Was it like common for everyone in the Philippines oh. to do that? Was that a common thing? or is it Yeah. Thing? Okay. So okay. in the Philippines, they have this thing called Noche Buena. And it's it's like, yeah. um, it's like a midnight service. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes it's midnight service. Sometimes it could be like a 5 a.m. service. Sambanga B is what they call it. It's like okay. a 5 a.m. service. It fucking sucked. But yeah, it's like, so they like took it real serious. And what's funny is that I would go visit my family when I was in college mm-hmm. uh, from throughout the entire college break. And it, like for years, Alyssa would be awake at like 6 a.m. in true like white girl Christmas, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like you're awake, bro. You're yeah. ready for your presents. Yeah. And Alyssa would have been awake for like seven hours <laughs> before I was even rolling out of bed. Anyway. That's, that's great. Just, yeah. That's just, so yep. now we don't know what we're going to do with our kids. That's yeah, why my, I'm asking My kids you. just wake me up. <laughs> and yeah, that's been the last couple of years when they're actually like able to walk and they're cognizant of what's going on. Yeah. It's just, they're up and you got to just hold on. Cause they're like ready to open presents. It's like, there, there is no like slow transition. There's no like music that kicks on, and you like your feet slowly dangle off the bed. You like fidget to find your slippers. You slide your feet, and then like you like like sa- put, put your, your sachet your... around your robe, and you're like, it's Christmas time. Like no, it's you're up. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Go. Yeah. It's it's. I'm trying to enjoy the times we have. Yeah. Because I know they're not going to be five and three forever. Um, but there's a part of me like, man, it'd be great to have like a slow like coffee co- in my hand. Yeah, make yeah. some yeah, bacon yeah, and eggs. But I remember as a kid. When we were like in the cabins, or if we were home, whatever, we'd always try to sleep in the same room on like this, on like a pull-out couch, um, or like in this huge-ass bed, and so we, we both keep each other awake to see Santa. Ah. And uh, I, I I finally remember my sister and I just like trying every trick in the book. We heard that if you splash water in your face every once in a while, so we'd go to the bathroom, splash water on our face, and try to stay up late. Um, Couldn't do it. No, man. But the second I I opened my eyes and it was it was Christmas. It was December twenty fifth. I was up. You're in it, ready to go. Okay, Makes I love sense. that man. That yeah. was so much fun. Yeah, I uh, this only because I was thinking about for a kid. Like it's tough enough for me, a grown ass man, to mm-hmm. stay awake all through the night. But like if you're a kid, especially if your parents put you down at like eight o'clock, yeah, the likelihood that you're oh, gonna stay awake. It's no, not a chance. Happen. You're not gonna stay. But 10 you think hours. so? Of course. I saw this one thing where it's like talking about New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and they said like what what we used to, what my parents used to do, and I didn't find out till later. My parents used to at like seven o'clock fast forward it to midnight, party oh with gosh. us like midnight, oh, go crazy, that's so, that's and cute, then they though. found an old like like a babysitter, yeah, and yeah. they put in the bed, and they would go out. <laughs> 
That's very smart. Isn't that good? I might just that's steal that. That's so good. I'm like, oh, man. I got it. Yeah, because it's kind of like, you did it. Congrats. Yeah. Happy New Year. And then you fucking party, it's man. It's 7 o'clock. <laughs> it's the light outside. Yeah, it's great. It's Christmas. It's the time zone. It's New Year's. <laughs> that's what happens in New Year's. That's really cute, though. Yeah, it's cute. Anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about Christmas traditions, which yeah. we kind of started talking about. And I want to talk about, like, Christmas church services. Yeah, sure. We come from, we were church planners. Yeah. Worked in church for yes. a lot of years. Yes. What's your take on the on the the miraculous the the phenomenon that is the Christmas Eve service? Do I don't you have know. Problem with it, or do you care about it, or, or whatever? I I I really haven't thought about it clearly as much as you have, um, but it's it's like the Super Bowl for church, right? It's uh, that and it's like Easter. Easter, Mother's Day, and Christmas yeah. Eve. Easter, Mother's Day, yeah, you, yeah, pretty much, and Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve was always the expectation was super high. Um, everything had to be like pinpoint perfect. Um, and it was always like a big, like there's like a special surprise. The kids were singing or this song's going to be done. Hence Mary, did you know over and over again? Um, it was always, it was always so just blown out of proportion and always like sort of somber. Hmm. Yeah. Candlelight. Yeah. Very like kind of quiet. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I didn't have a problem with, with the exception of this one time we went to this guy's house and he showed us a video recording of what his church did. Oh, man. And his church did the yeah. Trans-Siberian Orchestra version of Carol of the Bells. It was epic. Full, epic, like pyrotechnics. Yeah. And he had um, like 12 speakers in his living room. And like four of them were in the ceiling. Yeah. And they were all around. Dude, it was just an... Ex- so like, some church, oh, to your man, point, some churches great. go really into it, but for the yes. most part, it's kind of like a somber, kind of like a quiet. Yeah, it's always like a big expectation. Like yeah. you have to, you have to nail it. This yeah. is like this is this is what Jesus is actually looking at. Yeah. Um, and then you have to have big numbers. Um, it's kind of like a litmus test. Like it's kind of like the card you play when you're talking to other churches. Like, what did mm-hmm. you guys do? For, what did you do for Christmas? How many did you? How many did you pull? Yeah. How many camels did you bring in? Right. <laughs> how much uh, poop you had to scoop off the stage because you brought in all the lambs and the sheep? You have an actual manger. You guys use chairs instead of hay bales yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. Oh. Okay. We have about 15 pounds of myrrh we give to all of our. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's just. It's just stupid. Uh, I understand the meaning behind it because Christmas is such a big holiday. But and I think the thing is like. This is a the one of the few chances when a person who isn't a Christian would come to a yeah, church gets guilted into going, gets guilted, yes. dragged into going, yeah, aka yeah, you, uh-huh, yeah. right? And so in their mind, they're like, "This is a ticket. Like this is an the opportunity. Lost are here. We, the lost are here. They must see my camel. They must, <laughs> they must see my camel. It's real kinky." And that takes us to our next story about <laughs> pastors showing camels to people and, and behind closed doors, sexual yep. abuse. Yeah. It's funny. It's yeah, but right? it's not so funny. Yeah. And double hump. Joke. Double hump. That's what they call it. The double hump. So yeah, we did a rendition of Fergie's My Humps. It was called Double Humps. Double Hump, and it's just for Christmas. And it's the songs that the wise men sang on the way to see Jesus. <laughs> my humps, my humps. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> my, lo- my lovely wise man humps. Check it out. I got golden myrrh, whatever okay. else they can <laughs> I was gonna see how long you're gonna do it. No, I'm good. <laughs> so I I don't have a problem with Christmas Eve service. I think I like Christmas Eve services better than Easter services because Easter services have to be extravagant even more extravagant i would say than christmas yeah. i i don't feel easter has enough around it to make it cool uh-huh because like cadbury eggs or if you're an adult i mean easter's boring but yeah. even if you're an adult christmas is pretty cool because you're still kind of getting stuff or yeah you're, you're getting drunk at your office party but you don't tell anyone <laughs> at church that you did i mean christmas has more to give to everyone where easter is definitely yeah more niche i, I think though t- to your point i think the problem with the Christmas service. I think the problem with any sort of 
value placed on a particular Christmas service Mm -hmm. is that you feel like your success as a believer rises and falls on how many people you were able to get in the door to hear the saving work of Jesus and potentially get an altar call that service. And it puts this pressure on you. Even if like, if you never thought the whole year that you were single-handedly responsible for the salvation and eternal damnation Mm -hmm. or saving of your neighbor, at Christmas, you do. Yes. At Christmas, you're like, don't forget. And at Easter, you don't. So it's almost like twice a year, baby. Yeah. You are reminded that you are fucking responsible and you better get your your your, your neighbor here or else he's going to be in hell sweating and being like, why didn't you tell me? It's just so ironic. Like, okay, so let's go. Let's go. The, the birth story is literal, right? And so it's a manger. It stinks. And there's like wise men who come. Is that hypothetical what you're saying? let's say it's actually literally it actually happened that way the way we retell it over and over again yeah it's ironic that the service we use to celebrate that is so just anxiety and like it's so tight like everyone's wound up real tight and everything has to be here and this timing here and there's so many things you got to throw out when the story that we tell is so simple and humble and quiet and smelly and not pretty right and we kind of do the uh the opposite of that for the service everything's on point looks great Oh, fireworks. Look at this. We have right. the, it's just so much. It's like the service start and it's done. Everyone get out of here because we have seven more services yeah, tonight. It's so loud. Yeah. And And what's interesting is like you talk about like silent night, holy night, but like the oh, people gosh. that suffer are your volunteers. Oh yeah. Who are being dragged through like six services yes. in a weekend or yes, something. I'm like, dude, dude that yes. sucks. Two sa- two services when I, I used to be at one church and I played in the worship band. It was two services on Saturday and three services on Sunday. Right. And, and I got and paid zero dollars because right, I was a course. volunteer child, a teenager. Right. Dude, it was so much. Looking back now, yeah. like, that's insane. Yeah. And um, yeah, especially for those big services, man. You got to yeah. pull it off. Got to stick the landing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because it, it, it matters. And, and I think for me, I last year was the first year that we didn't do anything on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. And there was a little part of me that felt guilty. Like, like you know, mm-hmm. you know. But that's just conditioning, I think. Um, at, at the same time, that said, there is something in me that feels like my family would value from like a faith tradition. Weren't you sent me a link to something? It was one of the bad Christian podcasting yeah. about tradition, right? Yeah. What was that? It was like a social something. Yeah. So the guy. So this was a, a podcast called Bad Christian Podcast. It was one of Bad Christian Podcast has been around for like a decade. Yeah, it's been around for a bit and, and it, it's really good. It's really good and it was actually really pivotal in getting me started in my deconstruction. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first podcasts when they were like, hey, I was a Calvinist and now I'm gay affirming. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, that's impossible. Yeah. Anyway, just to, not to get on that too much, but they had a podcast episode and it was with a sociologist and he's like a statistician. Okay. And he's kind of like, he's a Christian. He was a pastor. He's mm-hmm. like, but what I found is like, the numbers don't lie. And he said that without a doubt, there is something that organized religion has done yeah. for the country that has been beneficial overall. And that the degrading of the church actually could potentially have like objective ramifications. So like... So, for example, he said, like, if you going to church every Sunday and being involved Mm -hmm. with uh, that church is really code for you going to church and for about half an hour once a week, you are spending time with people who are in similar life stage and and, and thinking. And then throughout the week, 
those people will probably cook you meals mm-hmm. uh, if you uh, have a pregnant wife. Yeah. Or those people will probably help you try and find a job if you're looking for one. And so it's like there's this, he called it, um, I think he called it social capital. Mm-hmm. It's like just this invisible force that makes you care about the other person. Uh, he said it's the same reason why people care about the public school system, even though their kids are in college, or they care about the parks, even though they don't really go to the park, yeah. or they buy Girl Scout cookies. It's this sort of like invisible um, uh, loyalty or this invisible buy-in. And he's like, with the decline of the church, the downside of that is that people will lose this sort of connectedness Mm -hmm. and so now we are this sounds like such a fucking boomer there's kids on their phones yeah but like it's it's social atomization right we are all so individualized now it there's kind of like like um, for me i don't have any interest in going to church yeah even though there is an objective benefit Mm -hmm. to me being there right yeah and even after i leave i feel good but it's like in the moment i don't want to go yeah so it's super interesting and i've been thinking about that like what is the value that upholding a faith tradition will bring to my family? I think you can can even remove the word faith from that. Mm. Like just traditions in general, because there is something that ties you back to, well, my grandparents used to do this or this, they started this because of that. There's something that I'll speak for myself. There's something that grounds me in knowing what a tradition is and why I'm doing it. Um, But it makes sense. I mean, when you go to like any event, um, sporting, a uh, movie, like there, I, I, there, there are some moments in my life like oh, that was really fun, and 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 some of those have been in movie theaters mm-hmm. where everyone who's there is there to watch the same movie, right. and we all know the same stuff, and we're all like, it's like a an audience response to a character coming on the screen. We're like, yeah, like yeah. that's fun because yeah. we're all there for the same purpose. I don't know any of these people' names, right. which is much like church. Yeah, that's right. like we're just we're here for the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, that makes sense, and yeah. and. and um, What's interesting is, like, I'm trying to be very intentional about who I follow and what I follow on social media because I'm very aware of the effect it has on me. Yeah. Um, is there your, an example? Social, your social media point. I don't know. I just will start unfollowing people who who make their lives look so perfect. Well, it's not their <laughs> fault. It's not their fault. Sure. Right? It's my own insecurities. Yeah. But I know I can only take so much of that. Like I, I either I either I just don't use Instagram or Facebook anymore, yeah. or I just I'm okay. This is good for me. It, it's mainly like not even people. It's just like accounts. Like uh, I'm trying to think of like a specific example. This one guy I, I want to have on the podcast, the Kevin Garcia dude. He's he posts dope. his ups and his downs. Yeah, I've uh, watched his Instagram live, and I watched him get doxed live. Someone was in the chat like doxing him, posting his old apartment. Call it was. Like wow. that was interesting, sure. but people who who are who are real, because I I want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to see something on on social media like and perfectly then curated subconsciously tried to emulate that. Ah, sure. I I don't know if I'm ready to always see your six pack abs and be like, <laughs> I need those. I'm like I need to be fine with myself before I do that. Right. That's but, so yeah, true. I mean, that's a tangent off of what you said the social media part, the analyzation. Like but yeah. I, I think there can be some there there can be that's there can be some. There can be some like social neighborhoods yeah. or like a group of friends you can make like on like social media stuff. I think there is, but there's definitely there's it's not a substitute for being in the same room with someone or mm-hmm. a group of people, right. or like a surprise party yeah. or something where you're all there for the same purpose. I think back to some of my fondest memories or at some of were at was at like the weirdest church ever. So mm-hmm. my um my grandpa was a Pentecostal preacher and they 
where like you can't wear pants if you're a woman mm-hmm. you can't cut your hair if you're a woman you can't wear makeup it's like the most restrictive crazy thing yeah actually I, I meant to mention this they talk about this thing about uh how high is your wall and because a wall not only prevents people from coming in but once they're in they're not likely to leave yeah. and so he said some of these organizations that have the highest walls also have the highest retention rate because yeah. once you're in you're in baby and yeah. we love you and we care about you and so some of my fondest memories were going to my grandparents house over the summer and we would be there on you know a prayer meeting on Wednesday night and then Sunday morning service and then Sunday night dinner fellowship and it's like this crazy thing yeah. and then he talked about some of these non-denominational churches which don't really care so much about what it takes you to get in the detriment to that potentially is that it takes nothing for you to leave yeah, out the door. Yeah. No one notices you came that's and no one noticed that you left. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And, and, and I think for me, I'm trying to apply that to myself and go, okay, what are some traditions? I've been thinking faith, but I should be thinking about traditions in general. What are some traditions that we can start to do as a family, whether it be like, even if it's like meditation mm-hmm. or affirmation or reading together, doing something that you're yeah. like, we have a connection to each other that is more than just let's have dinner and let's get ready to go to school and and, and i don't want to keep harping on this point but it's with having like little kids it's rough to do anything fucking hard just to make it it's like bed and say like hey i love you steph and i we probably fall asleep right that's majority of our nights right but yeah i mean we we try to do like an advent calendar with them with like little little chocolates in it and stuff we try to do the um like read a chapter of luke every night that's cool it's so hard (laughs) because my god can we boring. rewrite the Gospels, please? They're so we, boring. Yeah. Well, you don't. They, they you, tried with the message, but there's like too many mentions of popcorn in there. I need a good, <laughs> happy medium between and the and Jesus broke the pop tarts and they all had strawberry filling in them this, for his blood. Is this a recipe for Rice Krispies treats? <laughs> yeah, dude. I I need a I need a good in between. Yeah. But yeah. So we tried to do that. That didn't work because my kids are like just give me the chocolate. Right. What's my chocolate? No, it's okay. And then they 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 take the days out of order. Huh. Um. But yeah. I mean there's some attempt at least at doing that. And I'm sure yeah. when, when they're older, we'll do it and they'll hate it then. Cause they're teenagers and they hate everything. <laughs> but yeah, the, the holidays are interesting with kids and with no desire to be in a Christmas Eve service. I don't need to light some more candles right. and, and sing silent night, holy night again. Right. For what fucking purpose, man? There are no <laughs> candles in, in the manger. It'll lit the hay on fire. How irresponsible <laughs> of you. Jesus is burning. <laughs> It's so ridiculous, dude. I don't well, know. Well, speaking of Jesus is burning, yeah. I think this would actually be a really good opportunity for us to kind of pivot, sort of, okay. um, because you know we've been getting a lot of messages from folks. Uh, we've been getting an overwhelming amount of support, but we've also oh, yeah. been getting some people Very saying like, "Hey, like, you guys are liberal snowflakes, and you yes. really haven't been offering kind of a counterpoint and a counterweight to your liberal agenda." Yeah. Um, so what we decided to do is we decided to reach out to a very uh, a famous uh, conservative speaker. The furthest person from us we could find. Absolutely. And it was really tough to get him. Uh, but guys, I'm really, really excited to um, announce that we are here with the one and only Mr. Alex Jones. From the front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones. It is December 2019, <laughs> year of our Lord. And I'm here to report... That the war on Christmas is still waging by George Soros and the leftist leaning media. The deep state, sorry, deep state left wing media. He says that a lot. Okay. Deep state. They took the Ten Commandments from our courthouses. I got to do it more like this. Ten Commandments from our courthouses. They took the prayer from schools and they took the Christmas off Starbucks cups. What's next? 
that took our guns. Now they're taking our heterosexual white baby Jesus from us too. We can't say Merry Christmas. I've been saying this since forever. I was saying this in 1994, but no one heard me because I was saying it to my mirror in my bedroom, my tidy whities all pumped up on my homegrown hormone, my HGH, which you can buy at uh, alexjonesbigpp.com. <laughs> buy my HGH homegrown hormone. But the war on Christmas. How dare they? That's about it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was thank Alex you for Jones. having me. Well, thank you for being here. How, how, how dare you try to oh. take, make me say happy holidays. Oh, no, sir. I'm, I'm no bizarre. Kwanzaa's. No. Well, definitely. Well, no I mean, lighting of menorahs. Yeah. Well, I mean. Take I mean, that yarmulke off your hat. How do you pronounce that? It wasn't like that, but you That's know. What, yeah, okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, everyone. That was Thank Alex you very Jones. much. Thank you so H-E-H, much. HGH, buy my stuff, or on Christmas. And that was Alex Jones. That was really great. We're so grateful to yeah, have him on the podcast. That was really cool. He I just ran out the door. He ran out the door. That was very he, fast. He ripped off his shirt and mm-hmm. then ran through, ran out the door and yes. through the garage. Yes. Did you hear it? <laughs> Through, straight through. through the garage door. Through the garage door. That's a hurricane-proof door. He he is he, very pumped up on that HGH stuff, dude. <laughs> I think he needs a throat lozenge. Yes. He sounds Always. like he could use some tea. Yeah, my, uh, yeah uh, my throat hurts from practicing that way too long in the car. <laughs> and it sucked, but it was fun. That it was just, outstanding. That war on Christmas thing pops up every year. I love a good war on Christmas. And it's it's like um, when your sibling grabs your arm, like, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? That's the war on Christmas. No one's... <laughs> Coming for your Christmas word. Yeah. And if so, no one's going to say, if you say Merry Christmas to the cashier, then I could get offended. Right. It's just they're looking for, a, they need another hill to die upon. Yeah. What's By funny? they, I mean just Alex for, Jones. Alex Jones. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny. Turn the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> That's my favorite one. I don't. Can we find a soundbite of turning the freaking frogs gay? Oh, yeah. I just kind of throw I can, that. I can find that. It's just, that's, I just picture frogs in the sexiest outfits oh yeah it's like queer eye but they're all amphibians mm, right right impeccably fitted yeah perfect material yeah. good body shape ribbit <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's great was that, jo- that was sorry that was john i'm gonna Fenn. hop away okay well jonathan and ness thank you so much thank for, you for having me thank you so much for i saw alex by. jones on the way there's an alex jones size hole in your garage door it was it's a very large hole anyway all right now he has to leave okay thanks bye no but bye, you, you posted a great meme uh, about the war on Christmas, I think you said it to me, but it was like a little kid laying on the floor with a boot on his face, yep. and it said, uh, and the the kid was uh, Christians, and the boot was war on Christmas, and then it zoomed out, and it was a kid's hand in the boot pushing it against his own face, like oh man, <laughs> I should probably so find that and that post is that one. So good, yeah, it's per- pretty perfect. Uh, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I don't I, know either. It's like they don't have enough things to fight against. <laughs> Like, like they were up in arms about Starbucks. Like people would go to Starbucks. I remember watching this. Would go to Starbucks and buy the cups the year after they took Christmas off them, and then throw the Starbucks stuff away. Like while in Starbucks. Wait, so they would pay the money? Yes. So they would give Starbucks the the money. So who's the loser? The person who bought it. You idiot! You waste the money. That's amazing. I don't understand it. It's so interesting and weird and dumb. It's so American. I yeah, I love a good. Christmas, war on Christmas. I was actually doing some research on uh, the Christmas holiday in general. Mm-hmm. And we talk so much about keeping the Christ in Christmas. Yeah. And as we all know, the Christmas tradition was based entirely on pagan ritual. And so... As we all know? As, well, as, Sir, <laughs> you assume a lot of things. As most... As everyone but Alex Jones and his yeah. crew yeah. Uh, know. So uh, I actually watched a uh, Adam Ruins Everything mm-hmm. on Christmas. Yeah. And it was 
really incredible because yes. he did it in the have you seen it yes it's it's perfect uh and, and so it was talking about how like the pagan holiday um actually i watched like three or four of them so i'm just going to kind of amalgamate all yeah. of them together so there was an italian uh character named la something mm-hmm. and her thing was she was a witch that would fly around on a broomstick and she would either leave um like presents mm-hmm. or coal okay and then odin uh, in his tradition kids would leave food out for him and then he would in return leave uh presents and then the christians kind of took that and like morphed that into saint nicholas who's the patron saint of children mm-hmm. and family and then that's of course how like the yeah, santa yeah. claus story kind of rolled out uh and then you look at the the pagan tradition with the winter solstice and so there was a debate in the actual birthday of jesus no one actually knew no mm-hmm. one knows plot twist no one has any yeah. damn idea when jesus was actually born but there were multiple uh gods mythic characters who for whatever reason were born it's not for whatever reason they were born on december 25th which is the winter solstice mm-hmm. and so they were kind of like well all of our subjects in the roman kingdom are partying on the 25th and so instead of changing it we're gonna say no you can Just party on the 25th out, but, out your gods and insert it's, our god it's jesus now it's essentially walking to your birthday party yeah. hanging my name in yeah. the room and being yeah, like thanks for your, thank yeah. you for celebrating my birthday yeah. that's exactly what happened yeah that's uh, super interesting yeah it's interesting, and I wonder now, because, I mean, that seems so ancient, and taking, like, Roman gods and all that stuff and and, and transmuting it into something that's Jesus-focused or, or Christian-focused, I wonder if, like, anything like that is happening nowadays. They're not, to, like, holidays. Sure. But it, I don't know. That, that stuff's interesting to me because that doesn't happen instantaneously or does it even happen consciously. Uh-huh. I mean, and that's just interesting to look back and you say, know, that happened because of... I think... If I was going to put the closest approximation yeah. to unsuccessfully doing it, mm-hmm. I can't think of a time when it's been successfully done. But unsuccessfully is when someone takes like a movie that's really popular, like, like The Hobbit and Unexpected yeah. Journey, and then they make it into like a sermon series called like The Habit. You dude, know, I, I don't even want to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole, dude. I think we should have a separate oh, segment in the future of <clears throat> special pop culture films that we turn into a spinoff sermon series. And uh, then and then we have to take a shot <laughs> if it's already been used because I'm pretty sure we'll be That's drunk by like the fifth <laughs> suggestion. So we should we should find a film. We create what we would do if mm-hmm. it was our job to produce a project sermon off spinoff, and then we search and see whether that exists. And if it Jurassic does, Heart, <laughs> God has a dinosaur sized heart. Love for you. Oh, That's perfect. Anyway, so <laughs> I um, was looking at one thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, the i think like the germanic region the winter solstice they celebrated um like everlasting life or like new life and rebirth Mm -hmm. by by the evergreen tree okay right and so the christians took that and they decided to keep the symbol of a tree but instead of it just being representative of nature and the turning of kind of the season instead they made it they made it represent the tree of life in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. garden and they would put one apple there a red apple and then okay. as you the tradition continues you add many red apples and then you look now fast forward you have a bunch of ornaments in a tree wow so and and, and what's funny is like depending on who you talk to they'll go well there's a different tradition with the druids well they would take candles and actually put candles within the tree mm-hmm. um but so the idea though is that this is truly like this is a crock pot yeah but, full of but, other things. but all of the things that are making it what it is all have like special meaning. Yeah, I, I think totally. that's and that's, I think cool. that's what's cool. And I, I and I listened to a, an interview with Alexander Shia, mm-hmm. and he talked to Rob Bell 
And he said that some people could see the Christianizing of a pagan tradition as like cowardice or manipulation. Mm -hmm. He said, to me, it's actually Christianity at its best. Hmm. Because what he what they do is it's not going in and saying, "Hey, I'm going to change everything you know, everything you love. I'm claiming your life for Jesus. Time to change." What they're doing is they're going on and saying, "You explain to me how you see the universe. Explain to me how you see the world, and I'll tell you how there's Christ even in that." So Dang. if you look at the tradition and they say, "Hey, we celebrate the winter solstice where it's the darkest night, and it's the first moment when the sun starts to be reborn." Mm-hmm and the days start to get longer. It's the turning point of the universe. And they looked at that and they go, it's funny you say that because for us, the turning point of the universe is when the Christ was incarnated. That's really cool. That's cool, right? That's like a Jesus juke on a Jesus juke. It's, <laughs> it's a super Jesus juke, but, but, but me, I respect that's, it. That's very beautiful. Well, t- Be- totally. Because, it, I mean, it even goes into what we were talking with Imani in the last episode, just finding, finding the sacred in everything. That's right. And meeting any person where they're at knowing that it's like whether or not you know it mm-hmm. there you are you are in the christ and the christ yeah. is in you and everything you know about the universe and the nature of goodness is probably about right let's just try and talk about it so we can speak the same language yeah. right they're calibrating yeah to their audience that's really which cool. is pretty dope dang yeah. that, i don't know that, that, to me that's that's a christmas sermon yeah that's really sure. good stuff yeah because then you can extrapolate fr- from that and 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 even like erase the lines that we draw whether knowingly or unknowingly to the people around us. Like, like they are in the Christ experience and totally. like it's our, it's not our thing, but like just help them find that. Yep. Um, and you can call it Christ. You can call it whatever you want. Right. Um, but I like along the same, like, Oh man, that, that just goes out to like the Muslims are in the Christ experience and sure. the Jews are also in it. And the politicians are also in it. I don't know. That's so much more beautiful and colorful then right and that's a thing where it's a like candlelight service if that was at right well and i think if that was the if that was the sermon at a candlelight service then talk about getting anybody mm-hmm. to be there and then you yeah. do that with no agenda you're just saying hey we just want to be here with you because we're all thinking the same thing we just want to be here with you because we already are Ooh, like that's we, like we that. already yeah. are here yes and I this like is that. just the recognition like this is our souls shaking hands and saying hey we're in it together yeah that's perfect that's cool So at the deepest level, what Christmas means to me is spirit becoming matter, the invisible becoming visible, the eternal being birthed in time. So in Jesus, we see God being birthed into the world through humanity, which means Christmas is our reminder that God is always being birthed into the world through us, through our love, through our prayer, and ultimately through our work of justice. I would say that the meaning of Christmas to me is the meaning of reconciliation, of hopefulness, of promises fulfilled, of new beginnings, and of an unfathomable love that sometimes I don't even think I understand, um, nor will I ever be able to understand, but I know that I'm eternally grateful for. Christmas can mean so many things to so many people, but to me, Christmas is just a beautiful time to kind of look back on my year and recognize just what a gift that life is. It's a time where we should recognize that it's this time of year is so much more than just receiving gifts. It's time to gather, 
and share one another and it's a time to really just spread joy. When I think about my Christianity and Christmas, which I actually don't even really consider myself to be very religious, I just really love the life of Jesus himself and I think of him being born at this time and the life of Jesus was just such a gift to this world, just like you and I are such a gift to this world. And I just really view Jesus as a model of us and our lives. And for many, this season could be really hard or it can be really joyful, but I do want people to recognize that you are here today to be a gift to this earth and to all the people around you. I, uh, I want to, <laughs> so I want to circle back around to Mary, did you know? Yes. And I want to talk about the virgin birth. Cool. That is something, so in, in my kind of faith, deconstruction, reconstruction, excavation, mm-hmm. the thing that was like tough for me the first time I heard it was like the idea that Mary wasn't actually a virgin or that Jesus wasn't actually born of a virgin. And you look at like, well, um, it was, I think it was Danny Prada had an episode, mm-hmm. had a podcast and a sermon at Christmas last year. And he said something that was really interesting to me. I listened to it again before coming tonight and he was talking about how in that first century time, people who lived extravagant lives were documented as having extravagant birth because it would make perfect sense. Mm -hmm. If you're an incredible person, you must've been born incredibly. Right. Uh, I think of like Hercules, like killing like mass, you know, like, I don't know. And so there, so like the idea that like Jesus was born a virgin wasn't entirely unique because there are many figures throughout history that were born virgin births, and really the idea is like we're just trying to emphasize how special the this person importance, is. yeah, right. So, what's your take on that? I I haven't had an opportunity to think about that until you just asked me right now. <laughs> okay. Um, I think with the okayness I have of the Bible not being literal mm. and looking at things for. What, what they can, looking for more than truth, right? So looking for, um, Richard Rohr says, the myth in things. It's not saying things aren't true, but th- they can be more than just true. They can speak to many things, right? Mm-hmm. So the virgin birth. So that's what he calls myth? Yeah. That's cool. So the virgin birth can be, I mean, uh, um, like a sign or a crutch we can lean on when we're in a situation that seems literally impossible. Mm. But there's something in the universe, there's this mystery moving, and it's going to happen. Hmm. Um, and then that, that's a virgin birth, a virgin birth, something coming from nothing. Hell, ah, I just, I'm thinking about it now. That's um, cool. uh, God or uh, the big bang happening, something coming from nothing. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things you can look back and say that applies to me now, but it also, I mean, it applies in the story, but I mean, yeah, there's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even care if it's true or not. Right. I gave the Catholics someone to pray to. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, they love that. They love their Mary. Gave you something to sing about. Oh, too much, dude. <laughs> too much. But I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a pretty thing, and that makes sense. If 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 you are an important person, I mean, even now today, if there's not going to be one autobiography written about any of our lives, unless something drastic happens between now and our death, and we became very very important. <laughs> we start a huge cult. Yeah, but the, like people who are important have things written about them, so it would stand to reason that if you want to make someone important, you would write things about them. Right. Right. Yeah. Kind of work backwards. I think. What's your take on it? You know, I, I've been trying to think about it, and it was tough because I was always, like, brought up, like, if Jesus wasn't born a virgin, yeah. a virgin, then, like, his he wasn't divine. So, yeah, so it's, it's 
without saying it, I think it's a cornerstone of yeah. It's this the systematic, uh, yeah, evangelical belief that there's a virgin birth, right. and if you kind of like move that Lego piece out, uh-huh. everything else starts going. Right. Well, it's kind of like Jesus is God because look at how he was born mm-hmm. and look at how he died and resurrected. Mm-hmm. It's like if you remove a bookend, yeah. then it's just kind of this loosey yeah. goosey thread. And I, and to be honest, I'm still wrestling with my understanding of Jesus as a figure and Jesus as the divine, as God incarnate. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as I remove the idea like, oh yeah, you know, like Jesus, I mean, I actually don't, I don't think that he was born of a virgin. Mm-hmm. I think that's a parable. And I was going to say something about that later, but I think it's like, there's a doubt in a lot of people that we know and love that are like, if you touch the literal resurrection and if you touch the literal virgin birth then you are unraveling the very fabric mm-hmm. you said it, it's the cornerstone it's yeah. the floor underneath me yeah. and then I, I don't have any faith so, so i'll ask you the question why are you even thinking about it what made you question it i think because when i think about the christmas story mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to with good in my own conscious tell my kids a christmas story yeah. and i think i need to I'm trying to think how I hold it. Mm. Do I? Because in my mind, I can play fast and loose if my kid asks me about Santa Claus. Yeah. What's that? I can literally make it up in that yeah. second. Yeah. Right. But but because of my upbringing, I can't just like wing the logic mm-hmm. and the flow of events in the Christmas story. Um, so I'm part of me is kind of like, I don't even know if I want to tell the Christmas story. Yeah. You know? But then it's like, no, of course I gotta tell the Christmas story because it's crucial and there's good there, yes. right? There's goodness there. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, how do you translate goodness to the kids without them getting hung up on like Jesus being born? You know, yeah. like, so I don't know. Yeah, my my daughter and my son are starting to ask more pointed questions about stuff. And uh, to your Santa thing, Santa showed up at our house this week. Ooh, it might have, might not have been my dad. Did he? Did he, did he wheel in in, in reindeer or was it? He came like in. He walked in like truck. Okay. Yeah, he was sweating. But, uh, yeah, so as everyone does in Florida, um, so Santa came by, that's awesome. Yeah, but that was interesting. My daughter almost had it figured out, but then we convinced her it wasn't. Then she was super shocked. Santa came by. That's cool. Um, but yeah, they're asking more questions specifically about other people. And, and so my thing, I don't have a lot of answers. Um, and I don't know if that's, I don't know. I, I don't. And when you were saying you were wrestling with the virgin birth, I, don't know if I've used the word wrestle with anything other than going to wrestling events. <laughs> uh, because I, I don't know if that means I'm not wrestling with them. Maybe I just don't call it that. Ah, sure. But I find that the truth, I I find that when I find the truth is when I'm not looking for, like the keys that you lost or something like that. Yeah. So I try not to mull over things too much, which is not a bad thing. It's just my style. And I do it to a fault on a lot of stuff, which makes me You're, you're a classic underthinker. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> um, but in, when, my, when my kids ask me the question about um, like who does God love? Um, like, like, like they ask me questions and they say things like, Jesus won't love me if I don't do this. And I know they say it in like a joking, Emma, Jesus won't love you if you don't buckle your seatbelt. Like that's not true. But, um, and in those moments, I just try to give them like the most general, like, well, Jesus loves all your classmates and da, 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 and try to build that foundation. And yeah, I'll cross the bridge of about Mary and the virgin birth when and if they ever ask me that question. And it's true. I am looking forward to having my kids ask me a question that I don't have the answer to and like ask them, Hey, do you want to find that out together? Cause no one's ever done that with me. That's a peer, right? right. You and I done that together. 
um, like other people in our circle have done that together, but I've never had a peer admit they don't have an answer and then walk me through getting yeah. there. That'd be exciting. My, my kids sure. might hate it, <laughs> but um, I don't care enough about this. Dad. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it is. I, what I do know is that it is an important part of evangelicalism yeah. is the virgin birth. I don't know if that's even talked about much. Not really. And, and, and the more I, as I'm talking through it's like it, in passing. Yeah. And it's kind of like, really? I mean, it's like ridiculous, but I think what it is, is it's not so much the virgin birth itself. It's kind of like the implication that I can trust what I read. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely not a biblical literalist at all, but I think it's, there is the part of me that's kind of like, well, if you remove everything, like how much of Jesus do you have left? You know, it's kind of like, well, then what's, what's Jesus this whole time? Um, well, I, I have um, I, I follow this this um, lady on Twitter, Laura. I'm gonna Laura Groen. I can't pronounce her name correctly, um, but she is a pastor um, and she has some really good stuff. But one of the things I'm so sorry, I'm, I can't uh, listen to this because okay. you said it's a she. Well, she's wearing a head covering. If that makes you feel any better, a little and, bit better. Does she? Uh, she doesn't tweet. It's just blank because she, she's because she's not supposed talk. to talk, yeah, right? Okay. Even a woman. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, she's John a pastor uh, and she. It's I I don't know I've kind of fallen in this group of Twitter people who it's really great stuff, um, but she put this out and it kind of touches on the same topic. She goes, "Cis men preachers, I wonder if you know how much of those with a uterus live in fear of getting pregnant at the wrong time and the consequences for us if we do. I hope you'll preach this week with a little humility about how you lay your theologies on our body." And this one girl then retweeted this. It's kind of long and it's a poem by Caitlin Hardy Shetler, but right. it's amazing. Sometimes I wonder if Mary breastfed Jesus, if she cried out when he bit her, or if she sobbed when he would not latch. And sometimes I wonder if this is all too vulgar to ask in a church full of men without milk stains on their shirts or coconut oil on their breast, preaching from pulpits off limits to the mother of God. But then I think of feeding Jesus, birthing Jesus, the expulsion of blood and smell of sweat, the salt of a mother's tears onto the soft head of the salt of the earth, feeling lonely and tired, hungry, annoyed, overwhelmed, loving. And I think if the vulgarity of birth is not honestly preached by men who carry power, but not burden, who carry privilege, but not labor, who carry authority, but not submission, then it should not be preached at all because the real scandal of the birth of God lies in the cracked nipples of a 14 year old and not in the sermons of ministers who say women are too delicate to lead. (laughs) You're gonna make me cry. Dude. All I retweeted was Jesus, um, a girl mic dropping. Because I mean that that, I, and and to to your point, I, I, the virgin birth gets mentioned in passing, mm. and you have to have someone play Mary in your living manger, right? right. And I, I I never thought of that from that perspective. So yeah, of course, literal, how could we? We don't yeah. have that. We there, it's impossible for us to ever think about that yeah. because that's not our life. That's not literal or not. Whether the Bible's literal or not, mm-hmm. right? The story there offers that perspective. That's yeah. never in my like 33 years of life that's never been preached about about the struggles of a teenage mother yeah in a society much more conservative than we are sure and having to deal with whether she's virgin or not right um giving birth in a manger yeah like both our wives went to hospitals right, right. hospitals yep hospitals <laughs> where no animals were allowed in <laughs> and it wasn't uh-huh. in the open air right that's insane. Wow. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. And That's, like haunting. And very vulgar, but in the best way. Of course. And, you know, when you think about 
if, I think once you kind of um, peel away some of like the Americanness mm-hmm. of the yeah. evangelical Christmas story, you find like some really fucking wild like themes that are being mm-hmm. talked about. Um, you know, you talk about how do you deal with um, an unexpected pregnancy? How do you deal with being a woman having to exist in a man's world mm-hmm. and be the one that has been given the task of ushering in the savior, mm-hmm. right? You talk about how is it to be, maybe how is it to be a man who hasn't slept with his wife and then you find out that she's pregnant, right? Yeah. How do you go about that? How do you, so uh, th- there's obviously so much beauty um i'm gonna cycle back to prada talked about um the story of the magi Mm -hmm. and the magi were essentially astrologers and priests in a foreign religion Mm -hmm. and they used their methods to find star maps their star maps to find jesus Mm -hmm. and then they were later canonized as saints and after they're canonized as saints the just the church tradition assigned them different ages a range of ages and assign them a range of et- a range of ethnicities because the whole point is is that the Christ brings people of all ages of all ethnicities and of all religions to the same table um, so I, I, and I think this is stuff you don't talk about you're like no like I'm just gonna sing and we're gonna sing the tran- we're gonna play the Carol of the Bells like really epic and yes. then we're gonna hand out like hot cocoa packets and have a photo op with Santa and then you and then you don't have to worry about the hard issues you don't have to like think about the repercussions of the Christmas story and maybe how it's more scandalous than you would give and, it credit and for. if you're handing out like Swiss Miss packets no I, I'm not Nate hating on you I will hate on you if you don't do the one with the marshmallows bro please step your game up dude and then I'll t- give you the five cents to go per packet <laughs> but I mean and maybe because most people, I didn't. I'll speak for myself once again. I didn't know that, right? Yeah, right. Um, so I don't hate on you if you do that, but there is a, a big chunk missing. I think you nailed it. A lot of my deconstruction or just rethinking through things that I've thought about forever is stripping away what the Americanness or the Western has Westernization yes. has put on it. Right. Because like the majority of things I'm reading are people not inventing new ways of spirituality or mm. meditation or thinking about basic spiritual principles. It's going back to as close to the root or the as close to the cause of the thing I'm reading about. Totally. Right? So talking about Easter from the Eastern perspective and how uh, that's depicted. That's a beautiful book. Um, Jonathan Dominic Crossan. Oh, is that dude, the one you're talking about? It, it's the one where this dude and his wife traveled to all yeah, these. We'll talk about an Easter, but. Resurrecting it, Easter? Yeah. Him yeah. and his wife traveled to all these different um, uh, like temples and places where they had Easter depictions all throughout Europe. Um, in Russia and stuff, and, and the majority of them have, if not all of them, have depictions of Jesus bringing everyone out, um, awesome. resurrecting everyone in, in in contrast to what we have in Western humanity or Western Christianity, sorry, where it's very like specific to a group of people. But I think stripping away the Americanness of stuff and going, okay, this is cool, but let's see what how it actually happened. Mm. And once again, there's beauty to be found there as well. Um, but I, I, the more, like, I, I had to... I've gotten better about this, but I just tonight I had to like put my phone down because I was very afraid it was I was gonna message somebody because they posted something from some preacher and they were talking about when well, things are great, things used to be so great back then. Back oh you mean like back when the country was a God fearing like, like country? Back back when, dude, <laughs> back when blacks couldn't vote, <laughs> right. or like when was America great? Yes, it's and maybe it touches, it, maybe it strikes that nerve too close. Sure, but yeah, man, I, I think. If, if we're okay with saying the Christmas story as we've told it is great, but there are some really beautiful jewels 
that we can kind of press upon. But I mean, who knows? They might not even know about it because I didn't know about half the stuff yeah. until everyone told me I couldn't do certain things. And I said, like Danny said this this weekend, his uh, podcast is out if you guys get a chance to listen to it. But it was good. He, uh, the one point he said is that curiosity is what saved me because when people said I couldn't do that thing, I did that thing. I couldn't read that person, mm-hmm. I read that person. Yeah. I'm like, I think that's when I started learning about all these different um, traditions and beautiful ways of looking and specifically about the Christmas story and the birthing of Christ or looking at the, the starting points or the birth of other religions or spiritual practices. Um, Ram Dass, his movie's getting uh, released in theaters, which would probably be pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's yeah, on Netflix, it. but I'll probably see it in theaters. But like even hearing his like impetus to his thinking or just mm. how Richard Rohr started or how Rob Bell's whole thing. Yeah. We've talked about it a couple times already, but I don't know. There's, a, I think there's a birth of Christ in all of us. Yeah. Birth of baby Jesus, white baby Jesus. Little, little white, white blonde baby Jesus, blue eyed mm-hmm. white baby Jesus. <laughs> I want to talk about Jonathan Dominic Crossan because you yeah. brought him up. Yeah. I actually listened to a podcast with um, Seth Price is the uh, the interviewer. His podcast is called Can I Say This at Church? Mm-hmm. And it's really incredible. I hope everyone listens to it. Um, and he talked about his perspective on the Christmas story, and I want to hear you weigh in on it. Okay, go. I mean, you're not going to argue with Jonathan, but I'm curious to see your response yeah. to it. So hit me. He contends that the Jesus birth mm-hmm. was actually a prologue that was that you write at the after the book's already completed. So his argument is that these people documented the life of this incredible figure, Jesus, mm-hmm. and then the same way at the beginning of a musical, you have the overture that just yeah. plays little themes mm-hmm. of the song. So when it shows up, you're not surprised. Yeah. They took that and they created the, the Christmas story so that people knew when you heard it later, you wouldn't be surprised. So an example, in um, I think he said it was in like Luke's gospel, right? When the three wise men came to Herod and said, we're looking for the one that's called king of the Jews. At the time, Herod was called king of the Jews. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, we're looking for the king of the Jews. In and of itself, that wouldn't have meant anything. However, toward the end of Jesus's life, he had been preaching about this kingdom of heaven. This kingdom of heaven is coming. And so almost poetically, they were like, oh, if if you're bringing the kingdom of heaven, then you must be the king of the Jews. And so when they crucified him, they called him the king of the Jews. So they decided to like, Touch that point. back. That's exactly right. After after the fact. Yeah. Uh, another example was uh, I think in Mark's gospel or Matthew's gospel when they're talking about uh, the way the angels proclaimed um, that Jesus was coming to the mm-hmm. shepherds. They said peace on earth and goodwill to men in whom God's yeah. favor rest. Yada yada. And peace on earth was actually like a phrase of I think the Pax Romana, which is okay. like basically when Caesar was given this campaign or when, when Rome had this campaign to conquer all of the known world, they called it peace on earth because it's, it's peace through victory. And so then as Jesus comes in and lives his whole life and says, Hey, you're not going to find peace through conquering. You're going to find peace through sacrificial love. Like then they, so they decided to touch back on that. Isn't that crazy? That's, it would make sense though because it's, like, there, it, yeah, it's, it's cultural it's, callbacks right that people of the time would understand that's right that's really cool yeah and it's kind of like it's this uh it, it gives i think what it does is it gives a story that i never really cared for mm-hmm. it didn't mean anything to me it's like it's cute what it, is like oh it's so cute that there's like these little like the sheep and the shepherds come and they okay. find baby okay. jesus okay. oh it's so cute the angel came mm-hmm. and the angel said peace but when you look at it as like this is actually a, a story, whether it's true or not, 
it is trying to be subversive. Mm -hmm. It's trying to kind of instigate some things and kind of challenge your way of thinking. And it's trying to set the groundwork for this incredible human being that we're about to talk about. It'd be like if, if someone were to document your birth. Right. And after they knew what the way my life lived. And then like your mother after holding you goes, Adrian is here to make America great again or something like that. Like, oh, I get that. Right, exactly. Came out with a little MAGA hat on, dude. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool, right. I mean, so the initial thing I thought was what is wrong with rethink? What, 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 is, what harm comes from thinking that it was written afterwards? I said the only harm I can think of is if, if I'm standing on literal ground. That's it. Right? So if I'm not, then any of that's whether that's true or not. Right. I mean, because I wasn't there when it was written. And uh, the people who were writing the Bible didn't know they were writing the Bible. Right. Um, that's super interesting. And it, it does, it's kind of like, yeah, I'll, um, I know this isn't Sip, Smoke, Read, but Watchmen just finished and the know. last episode finished. And my my goodness, the setup they had all throughout the, t- the entire first season and no one saw it coming. Um, it's sort of like, now I want to reread the Christmas story because it's right. like things I didn't catch. Yeah. Um, but once again, goes to the point that I think you made in the first podcast where... The Bible was written to specific people in a specific time, and there are, if if it was if the birth was written as a prologue, which was meant to be, hey, wink, wink, this happened before, and you understand this. Right. Now we've taken it and we've canonized it, we've crystallized it, we've put it on shirts and we <laughs> pack it into churches, and now it's an actual thing. Yeah. When it was not meant to be a thing, but to point to something else. Ah, uh, interesting. I, and, and I think. I think, I mean, even taking it more general, I mean, the Bible is not a thing. It's meant to point to the greater thing, like the other thing, something right. else, right? I don't know if you can take it that far. Sure. It just popped in my head. Well, it's like... But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's well, it's misunderstanding the culture, yeah, and it's uh, the culture that it was written for, and then taking something that wasn't meant to be the focal point, mm. or wasn't even meant to be true, yeah. making it that way, because we're speaking English now, and not <laughs> freaking whatever language they spoke. Yeah. Well, that's like, I think that's like the literalism. Yeah, that's like, that's the problem, right? You take a thing and you decide to zero in on one particular thing. And then you're like, I'm going to die on this hill because truly this one uh, uh, conjugation is worth losing friendship over and and, and like whatever, building a new church or whatever. Um, Yeah, I I think it's really interesting to think about that. I, uh, and I think as soon as you take a story that is pretty outlandish and crazy and force it to be literally true, force it to be historical ta- uh, fact, mm-hmm. then... And then cry when people won't let you say Christmas. Right. It stands for the whole thing. Like, <laughs> like you're already forcing so much on us. That's right. Like, we can say happy holidays. How dare you? Right. Right. Come it's on, like man. You are bending... You are doing more uh, uh, forcing something to fit that doesn't have to fit there yes by interpreting this literally then starbucks is just not putting the word christmas (laughs) like you're doing more hard work you're working a lot harder um yeah it's it's like you you're you're pinning the wings of the butterfly to study it but then the butterfly isn't doing anything yeah you know it dies because you just pin the wings down or whatever um yeah uh pin your wings down it's a great song by copeland is that right yeah i'm not i've never been like a copeland guy i was until i Met him and he was so mean. Really? Maybe he had had an off night, but like, dude, your music's like touched me so. Thanks, we're gonna man. and he walked away. We're gonna cycle back around, but a buddy of mine. Oh, come on, man. Never meet your heroes. I know. I met you and look what happened. 
<laughs> you're my you're my hero because you that puka shell necklace, dude. Give me that. I, I was Give all me that about puka that. shell energy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, I was a, a oh, big God. old fan of puka shell necklaces and popping my collar, popping two collars. Um, yeah, but yeah. That's that's I, I love that that it was written afterwards because they wanted to either do some callbacks, but like you said, also because they wanted to stress the importance of Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Christmas story, and, and, and someone posted this as well on, on, on Twitter. Um, a couple things, two, two things sort of in the same kind of like pains of holidays. Um, uh, don't, uh, don't be so dismissive to say that uh, loved ones who are passed away are better now with Jesus than they were down here. Like being very dismissive of loss during the holidays. Sure. Or also just not really caring for those who don't have family for whatever reason, like um, maybe because they moved away or they're all passed away. Um, those are some things that I've, I've heard maybe once like in a sermon or referenced by any person in that circle. We're like, oh, you can be a part of our family this Christmas. Um, I think that's something that's not touched on either. I'm trying to figure out if that pain and loss is in the Christmas story, though. Or do we maybe maybe we don't give it room to be there, though? Maybe. Well, the I pain mean, and the pain and loss of being like kind of excommunicated from the culture because you're 14 years old and you're pregnant by a ghost. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think maybe the idea of, of, I mean, they were strangers in a strange land because mm, they had to yeah. go to a completely different place. Okay. Yeah. And it's cool. like, you're separated from your family, you know? I, and, and what's funny you say that is because like, I actually don't have uh, like a relationship with mm. my family and I get, pretty melancholy at Christmas yeah. because I had so many of those like cool childhood yeah. experiences. Right. Cause it's like I, that I told you about, yeah, you yeah. know, the fireplace and the snow. Yeah. And, and so then when you look at things now, I get real melancholy this mm-hmm. time of the year. And I think a part of that is because you're like, there's a strained relationship. Yeah. I just don't have this. You feel it the most during the holidays. Of course, because it, cause then it's like every movie you see yeah, and yeah. it is because it's all the family gathered together. But when you look at that, if you think about it and go, wow, you know, truly it was, a mom, a dad, and a baby thousands of miles away from mm. their support system and and that's where God was. Then then it can potentially change yeah. the way that someone like me looks at Christmas and goes, Okay, well truly we're not alone. When you hear when you hear someone say God with us, it doesn't mm, just mean God dang. with the world, but it means God, God right with, here. God here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like to to credit to my dad, he's really good about um finding people who don't have a family to be around. And like making them show up at his house on Christmas, because yeah. there've been multiple times when I was living there and before I got married, and then when I like now have our own house and stuff, where if I was living there, I'd wake up and there'd be some someone I didn't know. And my dad just invited because <laughs> like I didn't have anyone to hang out with. That's like, cool. That, do you know this person? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's really good at that. Uh, my parents like their house is open on on Christmas Day. It's like a twelve hour brunch that occurs. It's just a lot of food, um, and it's really cute because they still do it now. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, we went to a Hanji, this like boba tea place and, uh, yeah, super, super good. Um, and he was talking to the owner. He's like, Hey man, if you don't have anywhere to go for Christmas, cause his family's in China. Um, uh, and he's like, you can come to our house. I'm like, Oh, my dad still got it. That's so yeah. cute <laughs> for all his, uh, like, in like a uh, little, um, I don't know what the word is. Eccentricities. What yeah. is, that's the word. Yeah. Uh, that's still cool. And I, I think that's something that's, that's very much a part of the Christmas story where, I mean, they were strangers in a strange land, yes, but shepherds came. Yeah. Some dudes uh, from a different weird yeah. star readers came. <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> Pisces and Capricorns. Dude, the wise men are the 3 a.m. 
call me now for your free Jesus reading. Like, that's what they are. That's what I picture them in my head. They're, they're like all staticky and like weird. And they're like super late when you shouldn't be up, but you're up. Do you need magic water? Yes. We have magic water from the stars. Yeah. Mary's like, uh, Joseph, please get them out of here. Do you want here. this magic water? I'm going to throw myrrh on your baby. Uh, Joseph, what's myrrh? I have no idea. Maybe I... if we just don't talk the whole <laughs> But there's even... Yeah. And like if, if you yeah, want well, to dig into to it that. more, like I don't know if the shepherds even shepherds or the wise men were even there at the same time, right? Like because I think the wise men met Jesus after he was born. Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. Like yeah, a sure. couple yeah, after a couple years old or something like that. But yeah, I don't but know. That, well, that actually makes it better, I yeah. think, because it's kind of like saying like in different stages of your life, like you're not alone with yeah. it. You know, yeah. um, fun fact: uh, what we're doing. There's a term for this in the Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. It's called midrash. Okay. Which is cool. it's circling the text around and around okay. and around, kind of like you're whittling. And okay. You just keep going around it and just keep trying to like find okay. new things. But it's like turning the just call turning the, the gem. Midrash. <laughs> midrash <laughs> is a little different. Um, yeah. Midrash is what happens when I wear uh, like a spandex spank because yeah. I'm allergic to spandex. Yeah. So right. like I'm walking in Disney, my thighs are rubbing together too much. I get mid- that midrash, dude. <laughs> Are you circling the text? No, I'm just I'm actually walking in Disney. I'm walking in Magic Kingdom for 14 hours. I, <laughs> I need have, baby powder. And I can't scratch it because I'm holding a turkey leg and I got turkey leg juice. Yes. Can't scratch my midrash. Because Monday, dudes, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, midrash. That's that's super interesting. Yeah, fun fact. Anyway, yeah, I don't know the Christmas story. I think looking at from like you say, turning a gem or whatever. There's so um, much more to be taking away from it. Um, if you allow it the space to breathe, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, after reading that thing about Mary, it'd be interesting to hear a, a Christmas sermon from a woman. I'd be super into ah, that. Cool. Hell but there yeah. aren't like women pastors around here that they're are not like allowed. Legit. If they are, they're Pentecostal <laughs> and they are nuts, man. Yeah, they're killing it. I don't have that much energy for church. <laughs> like, like I, I come to sit down. I cannot do uh, church. I, milk I can't Once run again, around. that Instagram account, church milk had been posting. Um, one of the things was, uh, how many times does your runner sprint? And it was like this dude leading worship in this, He's a church runner who just runs up and down the aisles. I'm like, that dude is my uh, getting it in. My, <laughs> I don't have that energy, man. Yeah, that was the church I that I grew up in. Uh, you run around the sanctuary because it's called Jeez. a sanctuary. At one point, my grandpa, who was a preacher, mm-hmm. uh, hopped up um, during his sermon, like went up to the drum kit, took apart, took, pulled the snare out from the drum kit. And started banging on it. It wasn't. I don't think. It had, maybe, I think maybe like the walls preaching? of Jericho. I think maybe like the walls of Jericho. <laughs> but he decided to real. I mean, he was banging the drum, man, walking around. I have a fun fact. Uh, I remember being pulled up. Oh my god! I remember being pulled up <laughs> to be in a skit. Okay. But the idea was, it was so manipulative. It was this preacher he was visiting, and he's okay. like, "We're gonna tell a story about little Johnny." And uh, brother Gibbs, you can be little Johnny. And I was a little kid. I was yeah. like five years old. It's like, so little Johnny wakes up one morning, wake up, wake up. And so I like, wake up. Yeah. And you look up and he went to go find his mom and his mom wasn't there. And he looked, dude, he made me reenact the rapture. He had me running around the sanctuary looking for my mom. He had me run across the street to the neighbor's house looking for a neighbor. People were weeping. And I was like, oh, is my mom around? I thought... <laughs> Oh you thought God. your mom was actually lost. I, was like, I need to make a phone call. Is that when you caught the acting bug? And that's that's how I knew that I was going to be on Broadway. Okay, I don't know if I told you this, <laughs> but I went on a deep dive on YouTube and I found some videos of you and the Kramers acting <laughs> at one of the camps doing your skits or whatever. I found it. Oh, I got to send it to you. Was it good? It was funny. It okay, was hard good. to like hear because the quality was Please so bad. Please send that to me. 
We were recording it through a cassette. I didn't know that was possible, but someone was recording <laughs> it on record a cassette this through a microwave. Yeah, it was horrible, <laughs> but it was really funny. Yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why. Maybe little Johnny, that. little Johnny, That's poor little Adrian, poor little me, That's man. So what a fucking traumatizing thing. Like, hey. I had to, and things. I wasn't. I didn't rehearse this. Wake up. This was in real time. Go find your mom. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> he was telling me. I was like, yes, the rapture. <laughs> and like, people were like, praise him. Oh my god. And it's like, and then Johnny <laughs> got on his knees to pray, but it was too late. It was terrifying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, so, so. Pen- yeah, if we could, I would love to hear the Christmas story from Moon's yeah, perspective. I know, yeah, for that's sure. not a Pentecostal. <laughs> like the there's like five key changes in a song, and the tempo it. keeps speeding up. Listen, I I don't care how good a musician you are, you're never going to be as good as any gospel or oh, Pentecostal no. keyboardist. They don't stop. They will play forever. They don't. It's it's just amazing. We uh, since we're just going on tangents. I was a part of another band um, for a while, Crimson Vera. I was the music was okay. It was fun. It was good yeah. times. Really good times. We were up in Gainesville, I think, and um, we were super spiritual. And it was Sunday. We have to go to church on Sunday, even though we were touring. Um, and so we go into a church, and uh, we pick <laughs> the first church we see we're going to go into. We drive in. Was it something you booked ahead of time? No, we're just, we're just going to go to church because we need oh, to go to church on Sunday. We're not, yeah, sorry. Don't, we're not playing there. We're oh, attending okay. the church service. Okay, okay. And so <laughs> we're wearing our ratty tour clothes like, ah, we'll just walk in. Dude, we are the only white dudes. Oh, yeah. And we are the only people not wearing suits. Oh, boy. We showed up on graduation Sunday when all the seniors are graduating. <laughs> and everyone is so happy to see us, and we smell so bad because we're living in a van. Yeah. Um, but I was blown away. The musicians did not get off stage, and they punctuated everything that the pastor, the preacher said. Oh, yeah. And as like some other like senior would come up on stage, and he would talk about what he did, and he's done, done. Like, dude, I'm fucking into this. Let's go. I want to play for two hours straight. Oh, man. That was like my first actual exposure to a gospel service. Yeah. And man, I accepted Jesus like five times in that service. Um, It was so good. But yeah, that was really funny. Yeah. Gospel musicians do not stop. They don't stop. And their chops are insane. Well, yeah. And then things like their spontaneity and like their attention to like a reading a moment. I think that's what the difference is. Yeah. Is... Is it, they actually have fun playing, or the movie they mimic having fun playing? <laughs> right. But man, it's so yeah, oh, they're it's having so cool. a good ass time. That's so cool. Damn. Yep. I don't. I lack uh, any musical theory or practice oh, or to skill get good set enough. to ever yeah. play any gospel music. Like as long as we can play in the key of C, we're good, bro. I'm like a solid key of C, key of G. <laughs> yeah. What key? But what key? Just tell me when to change chords. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep playing this one chord. Well, dude, oh my I think God. this has been a fun, pretty good episode. Well, no. Y- sorry. Yes. No. Yes, no, it has been. been. No, no, it's, it's been shady. good, but also, yeah. Um, it's the last episode of 2019. Wow. Yeah. So, I this the amount of response we've gotten from people already yeah. is super cool. We hit like 200 followers on Instagram right. by accident. By, completely by accident. And we've only been posting for like a month or two. And people like are actually responding to stuff or yeah. they're commenting on our episodes like are wanting to be on our episodes yeah so yeah man it's been really cool i don't this started to, this and this started just to be like for you and i to talk about stuff and it's yeah. five episodes in it it's pretty good your wife said something to me that was really awesome steph was like why are you talking to my wife without me there <laughs> this is really awkward uh yeah, mm-hmm. i'm so sorry uh, i'm sure really covering off wrong was it off around tell me right now <laughs> it was on don't off worry. the record okay it was, okay. <laughs> it was on you're good <laughs> <laughs> i she she said she's like if nothing else like this podcast that you guys are doing is going to be a really cool snapshot of oh, yeah. where you guys are at. For sure. And like your kids are going to be able to listen back and be like, Hey, this is like, 
kind of shit that my parents are talking about this shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's been really good. No, like everyone who's been listening, uh, we really appreciate it. We, like the reviews have been crazy, been really kind. Um, the feedback has been great. The, it makes you feel like you're not alone. You're kind of yeah. like I'm not a I'm not a yeah. Looney Tune. Like yeah. I, you know things. You know, uh, it's been good, man. You want to do some sip smoke reading, dude? I think now would be a perfect good, time. Good time. For sip, smoke, read. Sip, smoke, sip, smoke, read. Hey. So you know we read that shit. This shit is war. We sip the finest party lit. Oh my gosh, I'm sure you think you listen to these idiots. But you can keep on listening. You can keep on listening. You can keep on That's the best. It's yeah. So that if you guys best. haven't seen it, it's this breakdancing dude <laughs> who uh, like is reading the whole armor of of God, God, and then he just breaks out into a random every once in a while like, as he's like popping it. Oh, freaking great! <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna impersonate. I'll just press it. No, you God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh yeah. So beyond beyond that, what do oh, you what man. do you what are you into since we've recorded last? So since you recorded last. Yeah. Uh, there's two things I want to share. One, mm-hmm. I uh, started and finished a reality show via Netflix mm-hmm. called Rhythm and Flow. You were telling me about it, yeah. It's really, really good. good. How really, many really good. Is there? I want to say maybe like eight. Not that bad. But it's really good. Uh, it's basically it's like an American Idol, so you think you can dance, but for like rappers. Cool. And but like it's all original content, right? So they're not nice. covering other raps, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So it's like as a person who appreciates lyric. Uh, I definitely don't know anything about hip hop, but I appreciate like the meter and I appreciate what they're doing with the music. It's freaking cool. Mm-hmm. And this one guy, the guy that won, uh, damn it, I spoiled it for you. Whatever, it's good. It's a guy that yeah, won. That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> the person won, and he, what the way he does it, he listens to the music and then he basically talks through the 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 rhythm of the way he wants his flow to go. Okay. So he talks through it first, and then once he has it, then he systematically goes back, doubles back, and then keys in the lyrics, which makes a lot more sense yeah. than like. And only penning words and then it's like trying to make it like cram it onto the beat whatever it really really fucking cool um and then we started watching Alyssa and I started watching a show called Outlander. Outlanders yeah I like so, it I saw you posted about it I like is it is it on Netflix what it's on, on Netflix yeah. it is like a it's like fantasy adventure okay. I have not watched a good adventure show in a mm-hmm. while adventure I feel like is like indicative a code for an era piece yeah like era fiction mm-hmm. it's really good yeah and then The Mandalorian Oh man, did you watch? I'm not caught one? up. I'm not caught up. I, I, I'm, yeah. I started, didn't get to finish cool. it. Good. Yeah. I think that's it. oh, and I've been. I mean, I uh, decided to splurge, man. Yeah. Uh, I decided to to find some money in my Dave Ramsey envelope. Mm-hmm. Decided to splurge on some Southern Comfort eggnog. So, which I meant to bring tonight. Yeah. I so that's Adrian's so go-to, dude. You that's know, it's go-to. a Christmas season when Adrian. <sighs> Is going through like another carton of Southern Comfort eggnog. <laughs> I just drink it all day, every day. I pour yeah, it in my water it bottle. Like it. it just smell like eggnog. <laughs> sweat eggnog. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's it. How about you? Um, yeah, so Watchmen is over. Amazing. Like when my wife and I both at the same time go, oh my gosh. Hell yeah. I don't. Um, the way it ended, left it open. Um, da- Daniel David Lundler, I don't know, whoever made it. Daniel L made it. David L. 
Um, he doesn't know if there's going to be a second season. He says he does, if there is, he doesn't want to do it. Cool. And he, he would want to make it an anthology, so it's not like a continuation of the story. The way it ended was perfect. Cool. A lot of like ambiguousness, but my goodness, the way... Like, I need to rewatch it again because the way they told you what was going to happen at the beginning. Uh, oh, my God. It was so well like done. It's like they foreshadowed it. Oh, so good, Hell yeah. dude. It was so well done. Um, and uh, that ended. Um, Silicon Valley ended. Hmm. Made me very sad. It was such a great show. Great show. I feel like that was, like, ready to end. And, and they ended it the way it should have. It was so good cool. and funny um, and on the nose. And then... I was listening to Comedy Bang Bang, uh, this like improv uh, podcast, and they had this one girl, Areva Shankar. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but she was on there promoting uh, Astronomy Club on Netflix. Oh, you oh, have been posing about this. My gosh, it's, what is it? So she she's she goes because uh, the uh, uh, host Scott asked her, "What's it about?" She's like, "Well, I I it's an all black skit show, and I am." the only non-black person, but I'm Indian, so I guess it counts. <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh man, I have to tune in to see what it is. And my from the first skit, I, so the first skit, um, and I'll butcher it, but uh, in the hopes I can get someone to watch it. Okay. It uh, these, these three dudes, uh, three black guys standing out front of their apartment door, and they're trying to get in. They don't have a key. They, don't, they lost their key card or whatever. And they're trying, to, they're trying to look around. How are we going to get in? How are we going to get in? And this old white lady walks by, and they're knocking on the door. Hey, let us in. She like clutches her purse and they're like, Hey, we're not gonna rob you. We live here. Please let us in. And she like begrudgingly like walked up to the door, swipes the card, and they get in. Like, that old ass bitch. I think we're gonna rob her. We live here in our apartment. They're getting ready to go and they hear a knock on the door and they turn around and it's Dracula. Like, hey guys, I uh, left my key card. And they go, Don't open the door, dude. That's Dracula. Like, oh guys, I'm drinking blood here. I don't need your blood. I'm not gonna bite you. I'm fine. And so they do the same thing, like, oh, dude, don't open the door. He said, invite us. <laughs> they let Dracula in, and they go off to their apartment, and Dracula does the same thing. Those guys not let me in, da, da 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 Dracula starts walking in his room, and he hears a knock, and he turns. It's a whole bulb of garlic. <laughs> like, hey, dude, I left my key card. He's like, oh, I'm allergic to you. He, uh, so like, they go through the same thing, and uh, he opens the door for the garlic. And the garlic's like, thank you. And Dracula goes to walk away, and you hear a gunshot, and it cuts back to the garlic. He has a gun. And he shot Dracula. I'm like, this is my perfect blend of stupid and great. Um, and oh, then awesome. in between the skits, they have like a fake reality show where the producers of Netflix force them to live in a house together. Oh, Dude, it's so good. All and right. it's a bunch of um, comedians I've never heard of. And they actually say they actually say that. it's uh, They go, why are we called Astronomy Club? Because we're like uh, stars. There's a lot of us and no one knows our name. Uh, so it, it's really good. Um, they're super quick uh, episodes. I got to watch there's one whole episode uh, called Ice Cube Day where they each play different characters that Ice Cube played in all his movies. Oh, my God. It's so <laughs> dumb and great. Um, but, yeah, and uh, I think it's about it. I'm really not drinking anything um, besides some sour beer that our buddy brought over here. Um, Any books or bands? Uh, bands. I'm just going through Oh, Bill Murray, B- B-I-L-M-U-R-I. Uh, to put out an album called Rich Sips. Cool. Um, kind of tongue-in-cheek with his music production. It's very much like like heavier music. Not like screaming, but like emoting heavy. Yeah. And it cuts to like this really chill, like lo-fi verse beats. It's really cool. He's coming down to Florida, um, so I'm hoping to catch him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. It's pretty chill. I'm just really sad Silicon Valley ended. Mm-hmm. I'm rewatching like deleted scenes and stuff, and it's so good. 
I thought of something uh, yes. band after I asked you about band. I yeah. didn't think about. So Phoebe Bridgers, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of Phoebe Bridgers. She's like, an, like a singer songwriter. She released a Christmas. She, she does a Christmas song like every year for the past three years, and she did this one called "It's Silent Night," mm-hmm. and she's singing "Silent Night." I want you to hear it, but basically she's singing Silent Night and she just keeps repeating it, Round Yon Virgin, Mother and Child, yeah. and she's singing it. And then like over top of it, they like fade in like newscast headlines about like all the women's rights that are like being oh taken away. Oh my gosh, dude. It's super powerful. <sighs> yeah. So definitely listen to it. I feel that now and there's no music to it. Yeah. Okay. I got a question. I know this is, sure. oh, we can, we can, this can be a part of anything. Sure. At what point do people churches in particular stop covering christmas songs and releasing them every year <laughs> at what point do you go i'm not adding anything to this right. and i'm stroking my own ego off to completion <laughs> like you're doing this just so you can say we released something yeah. we're guilty of that of right? course i've done it but 10 out of 10 but to your credit like you are a like you texted me this year hey you want to do a christmas cover we couldn't figure out a song but last year we figured out yeah um, we did War Is Over, which is a song we didn't have heard of. So I think to our credit, or many to yours, yeah. we try to find songs that are kind of niche sure. and different and kind of put our own spin on it, do some right. little harmonies here and instrumentate it differently. Right. But dude, when you're doing the same thing, <laughs> when you're trying to emulate like yeah. a Wolfgang Puck five-star pizza with your Totino's you bought out of the freezer <laughs> of Publix that cost you all of 99 cents, please stop doing Yeah. Carol of the Bells right. or Silent Night. Do something different, dude. I know. I know. I've I've heard bands that are like straight up taking like a Chris Tomlin or even like like a Coldplay, and literally it's just the same. You might as well have just played a car- like the the track, like yes. sampled it and just taken and just replaced your vocals with theirs. Are there finders fees for copyright infringement? I if I know. start reporting these churches, will Coldplay pay me? <laughs> Is that how that works, dude? I need some gift money quick. You can, it's like a bounty hunter for Christmas carols. It's, it's not the Mandalorian. Quick, what's the title of it? Uh, probably. Um, I I'm can't just picturing think of it. the whole entire show. It's just a dude going to church, is like sneaking in. Oh, that's I don't know. It's just it. I think. Um, like the Phoebe Bridges is a perfect example. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people who do a really good job of like redoing classics. Yeah. So I'm like, man, you're not helping. You're not right. like you're not musically advancing anything. That's it. Um, like you're bring you're not bringing anything to the oh, table no. that hasn't been done before. No. I, I my favorite like the Oh Hellos did a Christmas album. To oh, me, that was so incredible. Good. It's just so, so good. good. Yes. And what it's doing is like you know what it is. It's like I want for you. I'm all for you to do a Christmas cover. If I can also walk away from it going, I recognize the artist in that piece mm-hmm. to be yes. like okay so like yes. uh sufjan stevens he does he's has like like tomes of christmas songs yeah, right like but, a lot right and and some of them i don't care for but you can you can never say i don't know who wrote that yes. i don't know who arranged that i should say uh that's a good that's yeah. a good like ruler to hold it up against that's i like right. that if you can walk away going we, we, we will be I recognized know who that was that's right that's, that's dang right. yeah yeah that's just my like my, the thorn in my side. I like it. I like come it, man. Come on, man. Come on. Give me something different, dude. It's all the same shit. <laughs> I think that's it. Do you want to start wrapping this up and little bow? Yeah, I do. I just want to keep doing that all night. I think long. you should. Uh, I got I got that on my soundboard, and I just kept doing it in my car over and over again because it's so good. Um, yeah, I I just feel like this has been fun. Five episodes. Thank you to everyone who's like supported us. Yeah. Who's reviewed us? Some lady on Instagram gives a three star review. Yeah. What the fuck, oh, man. I'm glad it doesn't give names because I would find. I don't know. <laughs> what 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 I will say. This is very crazy. There's been more than one person, which I, by that I mean two, who have messaged us on Instagram, who have found us that don't don't know us at all, right. and only found us through hashtags, and then started listening to our podcast. Yeah, that's cra- like 
one dude's from Michigan. Yeah. This other lady, I don't know where she's from, but yeah. I don't know her. Right. If you're it's listening, crazy. we're calling you out. Uh, M. Donna. Thank you. Thank you, yo. Yeah, we can. Where are we you can from? Do, we can do like live shout outs. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I also have an air horn sound. I could do that too. Oh, yeah. I guess you could have done that. Um, I don't need to do it myself. But where'd she go? Special shout outs. Special shout outs. I don't know. It's gone now. It's oh, M. Donna 88. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Thanks for the shout out, M. Donna. And the Luke Jeremiah. That's the dude you, from, Luke I think, Jeremiah. Michigan. If I got yeah. it wrong, then that's crazy. But to crazy. me, that's really cool. Yeah. And what you said before, yeah, I'm like, I guess I'm not crazy. Yep. It's good to see that. Well, just because they listen to us doesn't mean they agree with us. <laughs> but it's cool that they gave us a chance. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you can be in the same room with somebody, and at least you're not alone. Yes. You don't have to agree, with, but at least that's you're not true. alone. Yes. Uh, if you guys don't already follow us, follow us on Instagram. Yes. Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Yes. Uh, what's our Twitter handle? Dirty Rotten CK. Cool. And then you can find our podcast here, obviously, or anywhere else you're listening to your podcast. Uh, if you haven't, give us a rating yes. and leave us a review because it helps with like, I guess there's some sort of algorithm yeah. that helps kind of get more people to hear it. It pops it up. Yeah. So we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. And we're also on Google Podcast. Cool. That's a new one for this week. Hell Thanks yeah. to M. Donna because she's like, yeah, I need you on Google. That's so sweet. We figured it out. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, man. 2019's over. Let's go 2020. 2020. I don't, I don't know what the year has in store. I'm very afraid for the future of our nation. We should pray. <laughs> We'd like white Jesus. Who <laughs> <laughs> was definitely a Republican. <laughs> Dear white Republican Jesus. Well, everyone, thank you guys so much for listening to episode five of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. We hope you guys have a very happy holiday and a very special new year. Love from our family to yours. For sure. And remember... It's, it's all gonna, gonna be okay. Mary, did you know? Nope, we're done. <laughs> that your baby boy. Bye. Thank you to everyone who has listened to us these past five episodes. It's been an adventure so far, and we are just getting started. Be safe out there. Happy holidays, and see you in 2020. Happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry, your party is so lame. <laughs>